continuing this series, I want to start by reminding you of a story that you've probably heard. Someone you know once told this story uh, about these two men who uh, went up to pray in the temple. And as the story goes, one of those men that went up was a, a Pharisee, so a very religious person, and one of them was a tax collector despised by his people uh, because of the way he made an income at the expense of his, uh, his own people while collecting taxes for their Roman overlords. These two go up to pray. And uh, the Pharisee, he stands by himself and he prays, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, like evildoers or robbers or adulterers or even like this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all that I get. The tax collector, he stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. But he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus, who of course told this story, he said it's this man, not the other, who went home that day right with God. Because those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What a great story. You can find it, of course, the real version, in Luke chapter 18. Uh, But I say this as we remind ourselves where we are. So we started this series last week on seven fundamentals of our faith, right? Things that don't change in a world where so many things are constantly changing. Seven fundamentals of faith. And it's based on a little study booklet, which you can easily get your hands on if you're keen, called Just for Starters. It's been around for years. It's been updated a number of times. Just for Starters. It's a classic And you might remember, I'm sure you do remember, last week, Paul Whiting kicking us off uh, by focusing on how we are saved by God, how we we can be confident, we can be assured of our salvation because you know what? It, It has nothing to do with how good we are. It has everything to do with the grace of God in Jesus Christ. We can be sure of our salvation We don't have to earn God's approval as if that's possible, right? Instead, it's all about his gracious love through Jesus, through his life, through his death, and through rising again from the dead, as we've already been praying and singing this morning. So that was was last week. Let me ask then, as we move into this week, if that is true, that we're saved by grace, how is it then that so many people out there seem to think of Christians and get the impression that we can be arrogant or self-righteous or you know, we think of ourselves as kind of morally superior, we can be judgmental. Why do people get that idea? How does that work? Because it's true, isn't it? So my take on that is I'm pretty sure that sometimes that's just unfair, Right? But not always. Sadly, not always, is it? 
You know, we hear that story about those two men that go up to pray and we think, oh, that Pharisee, he was a bad guy, wasn't he? Thinking he's better than, better, better than everyone else. Because, I mean, we know how the story goes, don't we? But, I mean, really, in that story, who are we more like? Who, are, what, who do others think we're more like? We need to be careful. You know, if you've been a churchgoer for a long time, like some of us here and certainly like me, is there any chance that we might even just sometimes start to forget how desperately dependent we are on the grace of God? Holy and solely on the grace of God? How completely dependent on him we are? Do we ever catch ourselves, for example, looking down on somebody because of some sin in their life, thinking, how could you be so stupid? Or how could you, you know, live that way? Live that way. Do we ever find ourselves in that space? Um, or taking on even just a tiny sense of entitlement as though God should somehow be impressed by us for our Christian credentials or something, you know, because we go to church, you know, we're on the rosters even, you know, um, or whatever it is. Do we ever slip into that even just a tiny bit, you know? Because people out there often think we do. Do we ever find ourselves starting to look just even a little bit like that Pharisee? Who was, after all, uh, we think of Pharisees as the bad guys, but in that time and day, they were the ones that often uh, lived the right way. You know, they did. They were trying to take the law of God seriously. It slipped into self-righteousness, true. Uh, but they were respected in many ways. People were drawn to Jewish religion because of the lives of these Pharisees sometimes. Are we sometimes like that? And, you know, think about the tax collector, the good guy, right? The hero of the story. Really? I mean, if I was there in Jesus' day, what would I have thought of someone who made their living by skimming the cream off, by ripping off their fellow people while collecting taxes for their Roman overlords? Like, it's not a very attractive person. There's God's way and there's our way, right? And this story paints that picture. And let's not allow familiarity to blind us to the scandal in these stories. Now, today's theme tackles all of this head on, right? Last week, saved by God and very closely related to all of this, uh, to each other, trusting in God. It's about faith. Today's about faith. It's about trusting in God. It's about the need to humble ourselves before God and it and about how, in fact, grace demands it, that we are humble people before God. Okay, so turn back to that passage in Ephesians, if you've got it there, and especially verses 8 and 9 is where we're going to focus, uh, because the classic kind of verses here, Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So there it is. What's the context here? So if we're going to focus in on a couple of verses, what's the context? Well, we've read those 10 verses. But if you're at all familiar with this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, that first chapter of Ephesians 
is, an, is a wonderful chapter. It's where Paul paints a big picture of God's big plan to bring everything together under Christ. And it's a beautiful picture, God's loving purposes for all creation. The big surprise in all of this, as Paul paints this picture to the, to, to, to the people that he's writing to, is that in bringing everything together under Christ, this includes Gentiles. Now, Gentiles are the ones that Jews called everyone who wasn't a Jew. And they were really struggling to get their heads and hearts around this idea that God would want to bring everything together under Christ, including these Gentiles. Because up until the time of Jesus, obeying Jewish laws is what defined the community of God's people. God had given them these laws so that they knew how to live, so that they could be a distinctive, holy, set-apart people, so that people could see them and be drawn to God through them. They didn't do it very well, but that was the idea. And so this notion that these, all these other people that didn't have these special laws could be part of the community of God's people, it was kind of a, it was a scandal. They couldn't, get, they couldn't take that on board very easily at all. A big part of the New Testament is about that struggle. How could God welcome all these people? How could that work? Well, Paul's whole point in this second chapter of Ephesians is exactly that, that all kinds of people can join the community of God's people because everyone is, is saved in exactly the same way now because of Jesus and it's got nothing to do with being good enough or following any special laws, be them Jewish or otherwise. It is verse 8. It is by grace you've been saved through faith for everyone now because of Jesus. Let's untangle that a little bit. By grace you've been saved through faith. What are we saved from? What, do we, what does salvation mean? I mean, we, we talk about being saved. What are we saved from when we say we're being saved? Paul talked about this last week, I think. And you might remember Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Look it up later if you want. But Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are saved from death, the death we deserve because of our sin, to life, and not just any life, to eternal life, forever life, the fullest of life in Jesus. We are saved from death to life. So when we talk about being saved, that's the salvation we're talking about. We're talking about being saved from our biggest problem. What are we saved from? How are we saved? We are saved by grace. We are saved by grace. Now, through faith, of course. Grace, let's think about grace first. Again, this is something that we looked at last week. It's one of those words, isn't it, that is often misunderstood. We talk about saying grace, don't we, before a meal. We talk about someone moving with grace, like me. Uh, or maybe like ballerinas. What was that one? Yes. Thank you for being graceful. Um, really, in this context, grace is just about God's undeserved favour, his generosity, right? And that's what Paul means 
in that second bit there when he says it is not from yourselves it is the gift of god it's a gift grace that's what grace is um it means uh, uh, well sorry and we depend on it because of course we cannot do it ourselves we are not capable of saving ourselves we need god to gift salvation to us which is exactly what he's done i'm going to tell you a little story um if you're familiar you won't be familiar there's a there's another little booklet it's called back to basics it's like an expanded version of just for starters i don't even know if you can still get it i've got a copy at home but they, they've added in a few more illustrations and activities and things it's quite quite cool um, and they tell a story based on gilligan's island you remember gilligan's island i'm going to share this with you just because it brought back good memories when i read it it's one of those classic tv shows from the 60s who knows gilligan's island okay it's just a laugh isn't it where did the good shows go anyway basically as the story goes you've got these seven people who are shipwrecked on a tropical island right is it coming back to you and um they're incredibly resourceful and every episode goes the same way either how they kind of get themselves out of some problem you know they houses they make cars right they they make a golf course even a bowling alley at one point there right and and they do it all with just a few sticks of bamboo and some coconuts right they're incredibly resourceful it seems like every problem that comes their way they can resolve it they can sort it out except for their one big problem which is getting off that island they just can't do it every time that that falls through they fail to get themselves off the their big problem they need a rescuer right for their biggest problem and the idea is that that's like us that's like all people uh, we are humans are incredibly resourceful you think about it you think about the challenges that humanity has faced through history and how we have overcome so many things through our medical technology through uh, our communications and transport technology through agricultural advancements and all the rest but we also know don't we that we haven't managed to solve our one really big problem which is our sin uh, the judgment that we face because of the wrath of god because of our sin we can't solve the problem of death ultimately we can't it's there we need a rescuer we need a rescuer and what's our good news we got one that's what jesus is all about he is our rescuer okay for it is by grace ephesians 2 8 8 it is by grace you have been saved through faith now if grace means that god's done it all it's a gift what's faith got to do with it where's that fit in you know it is an again it's one of those words isn't it that is so often misunderstood you know often i think uh, people talk about faith as though it's kind of substantial in its own right as though it is this special spiritual sense or understanding that you either have or you don't have almost a magical thing but you know what faith is it's got a whole lot more to do with what you have faith in that's what faith's about it's about who we trust it's about dependence 
It's about reliance. It's about that which you have faith in. That's where that's the meaning of faith. Here in Ephesians, faith is about putting our trust in God. That's what it means. Quite simple. It's about trusting God. It's about recognizing our desperate need to trust Him more than ourselves, which is where we fall down all the time. We want to trust God, but at the end of the day, it's really hard to trust Him more than we trust ourselves if we think we know better. Faith is about trusting God, knowing we need to trust Him more than ourselves, and so humbly receiving the free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace through faith right where do good works fit into all this right we kind of clear on that where do good works fit into all this if we're saved by grace through faith maybe it doesn't matter how i live is that the way it works i can just do whatever i want well why not all we need to do is slip on to that next verse where we are we are told by paul we are god's handiwork we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance for us to do you know that's how it works if if we if we are those who have received this amazing gracious gift of salvation in Jesus Christ of course we're going to want to live the way God wants us to live of course we're going to want to obey him we're going to know that he's a good God we know he's a trustworthy God of course we're going to be who he wants us to be and to live the way he's made us to live he loves us he knows what's right and good and we want to please him we, we don't do all of this to earn our salvation right we do it because of our salvation because of who we are in him and his great and good love Ephesians 2 8 and 9 we go back there again for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast so there it is not by works how good do you have to be saved sorry how good do you have to be to be saved yeah it's not about how good you are is it it's not um, living his way matters but it doesn't earn anything Right? It's just our loving response. And you don't have to be good to be saved. Look at how Jesus responded to people. Right? Those, those, it's those who thought they were pretty good who he turned away, wasn't it? Um, I mean, think about that story we've already looked at that he told about the two men that went up to pray. Think about the rich young ruler in Matthew 19. Think about the religious leaders uh, of his day. Now, we take this for granted that he turned these ones away, but it was scandalous in that day for a religious leader like Jesus was kind of shaping up to be. On the other hand, Jesus opened his arms to what kind of people? Well, the, the, the ones that knew they were broken, right? Think of the woman at the well. Think of the woman caught in adultery. Think of that story of the prodigal son. There's a reason why that's so dear to us. This is God's way. Again, it was scandalous for a religious leader to welcome in ones like that. We kind of take it for granted. But this is the way of Jesus. It's what the kingdom of God is all about. It's, it turns things upside down. Now, 
Last week we did ask that question, didn't we, I think, in, in some form. On that day when you stand before God, you know, why would God accept you? What's your answer to that question? If your answer to that question starts with the words, because I, something or other, you probably missed the point. If your answer starts with the words, because Jesus, something or other, you're probably on the right track, right? Get any idea? The Apostle Paul, he wrote to the church. This is just, this, the Bible is full of this, right? He wrote to the church in Philippi. He said, what is more, he's talking about himself here. He says, I consider everything a loss, everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage. doesn't matter that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law right from how I live but that which is through faith in Christ it's through trusting Jesus right the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of just trusting him of faith we are not made right with God by doing good things or obeying special laws Jewish or otherwise it is simply a gift from God when we put our trust, our faith in him. That's it. Praise God. So, arrogance? Any sense of kind of entitlement or self-righteousness or moral superiority or judgmental kind of stuff? Where's that fit for people who know the grace of God? It's just, it's got no place, does it? No place. What grace calls forth is trust and humility. Trust and humility. We need to be people of humility and trust. Trusting in God. It's the Christian way. Now, here we are, beginning of the year, week two. What do we often do at this time of year? We kind of set goals, don't we? It's like, what are... What are what do we call them? New Year's resolutions. Who's done them? Yeah, I'm not going to ask you what they are. Who's got some one on? Yeah, okay. Um, if you've done it before, you're probably a bit more cautious because <laughs> you know what happens. Um, things we want to leave behind, things we want to do more of, right? Um, let me make a suggestion. If you do nothing else this year, here's one for you. How about in 2023, deciding to... Trust God more. How about that? Keep it simple. Deciding to trust, I'm going to try to trust God more. Because I reckon if we do that, all those other things will probably fall into place. And I get, <laughs> yeah. Well, your hope wouldn't be misplaced because we know that God is good and He is trustworthy. He sent His own Son that we might know life in Him, even as people who've turned our backs on him. That's his love. He can be trusted. He is a good God. Our hope won't, uh, we, he won't let us down uh, if we trust in him. Ephesians 2 verses, he's worthy of our trust. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions, even when we were doing things that we know he doesn't want us to do and we're dead and deserving of death because of that. He is rich in mercy and made us alive with Christ. It is by grace you've been saved. Shall we pray? 
Father, we are thankful. We are thankful. Uh, Lord, help us to love you truly, to trust you more today and every day. Help us to live your way. In Jesus' in Jesus' name and, and in the strength of your spirit with us, we pray. Amen. Amen.